Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, I had a fan on Twitter that got me thinking about the word comeback. You know, everybody's talking about coming back from disaster. It sounds pretty cool. But this guy uh, was hit by Hurricane Harvey, and it sounded to me like he was stuck trying to make a comeback with his business. And he went on to great detail, and it really broke my heart. So I'm going to talk about coming back and what it really means. And I'd like to talk about comebacks because I've had quite a few misses myself, and I've lived through them all. And so I think I'm in a good position to address the topic. Okay, first off, People picture comebacks as a spectacular event, something maybe you've seen in the movies, like the cowboy making the charge. I don't find comebacks to be that way at all. I find that it's a process that's so discouraging. It can knock you on your ass and make you think you don't even know if you get up, which direction you're going to walk in. Uh, That's pretty tough to recover from. But I can also tell you from building a business myself and working with so many entrepreneurs over the years, there's no such thing as a success story of any size unless the person has been knocked down at least a half dozen times and they've really learned the art of getting back up. So let me say a little bit more on the subject. I've always interpreted setbacks as a wake-up call. That's my spin on it because I've learned that over the years. It's an opportunity to make an abrupt change. I've always found that when things come totally out of the blue, when you least expect it, and it's painful in the moment, excruciatingly painful, and I think the main reason for that is because you've lost total control that you're accustomed to, But the same exact thing that happens quickly turns into the best thing that ever happened when you're able to look back. Now, too damn bad we can't look forward and see the future and appreciate that when it's happening, but it's just not in the cards. But I think of catastrophe, whether it be business or personal, as a road sign giving you the opportunity to change direction, to actually sit down and really ask yourself, how happy were you in the direction you were traveling in before anyway? And now, what would make you much happier? I remember when my boyfriend went off and married my secretary, I thought I would die. But let me tell you something, it was the best thing that ever happened. I remember when I blew my first profit on homes on tape, putting all my apartments on videotape in my real estate brokerage company and lost all that money. I thought, oh my God, the first time I made money, I lost all the money, but that turned into the internet. So my God, thank God that happened. What an advantage. So a setback, if you could look at it the way I've learned to see it as it really is, is really the seed of a comeback because it's in the pause that you give it some thought and you get the chance to look at what you're in in the first place totally different and figure out what direction you want to change. That's my spin. Ah, that's it. Enough on comebacks. You're listening to Business Unusual with Barbara Corcoran. And now it's time to answer your questions on Business Unusual. Hi, my name is Crystal with KCB Realty. I'm from the Bronx in New York City. 
My question is, how do you keep yourself motivated when you've been working at your dreams for years? Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Crystal, you sound like you might be a little bit disappointed, like you've been working at something for years and it's not panning out or you're not getting enough satisfaction or it's not paying off. When you get in a situation like that, I always think it's good to pause before you run forward. Maybe time to regroup. I would suggest that you ask yourself, what's in the way of the motivation? What's getting you down? I have found over the years that what got me down were things I was doing that I wasn't excited to be getting done. Things that didn't come naturally to me, things that I didn't get excited about when I woke up in the morning. And so it created kind of a general malaise where I just felt like I couldn't jump out of bed and go, yahoo, another day. This is my trick that I use my whole life. And I think I've spoken about it before. I would always leave my office, not try to do the same old thing all over again. And I would go to my local public library with a yellow pad and try to get a better handle on who I was and what I was spending my time on. And this was my simple formula. I would take the pad, put a line down the middle, right on the left side, what I love about my job, put on the right side, what I hate about my job. And then I would make a long list. And I would be committed by the end of the long list that usually took an hour or two that I was going to get rid of all the stuff I hated in my life because that's what takes your motivation away. Put any person onto tasks they don't like doing, you'll make them miserable. And so I just am a believer that you have to do a lot more of what you enjoy doing versus what you're forcing yourself to do. And so, Crystal, do that in your library. See where it leads you. I would suggest you take your list on the right side, the stuff you don't like at all, and give it away. And if the job you're in isn't tapping into the stuff you're good at, I would suggest you change your job. Hi there, this is Kenny, and I'm from Canal Fulton, Ohio. I'm a new entrepreneur and a new podcaster. So what I was wondering, with all of your experience, Barbara, what would you say are the most beneficial habits to practice if you want to be successful in your life and business? Thank you so much. First off, Kenny, you have to come from a good place, which means your heart's got to be in the right place. But hearts alone don't build businesses. So you have to be willing to put in the 24-7 effort into making the vision of your success a reality. I've always been a big dreamer, and I've always had a clear picture of who I wanted to be. Would you believe on the very first day I started my real estate company with my $1,000 loan, I saw a clear vision of myself as the queen of New York real estate, like it was real, that I could touch it, that I could taste it, and it never left my mind. That's what guided me. But I knew I wanted to build a wonderful company of loving people, all supporting each other, a big, happy family. And that's the right place I'm talking about. But it would have all just been a dream if I didn't work my ass off my whole life. And I can honestly say I'm still the hardest working person I've ever met. You also have to have, if you're going to really succeed, have tremendous self-discipline. And I think self-discipline is grossly underrated because it takes tremendous self-discipline to stay focused, to stay on task, to stay on track and put 150% of your effort out again and again, even when half the time it doesn't amount to anything. Oh, and one more thing. You have to have an average IQ. And I mean average. I don't mean a really smart IQ. I mean average. Because people who are too bright, I find, don't do as well in business because it complicates things and gets in the way. I can clearly say that every successful entrepreneur I've invested in on Shark Tank that has been the greatest success 
just has an average IQ. We share that in common. We're just middle of the road. We see eye to eye. We're practical. We're street smart versus book smart. We're not too fancy. We can't think too deep. But we understand what it takes to get from point A to B, which is simply work. Work, 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 and more work. So you're asking what are the most beneficial habits? I would say the habits are a result of traits. And the traits are you have to work from your heart, you have to work your ass off, and you can't be too smart. Hi, Barbara. This is Henry from Highland Park, Illinois. And my question is, when you're franchising a business, what are the best ways to split profits? And what characteristics should you look for in a franchisee? What you want most undoubtedly are franchisees who are going to take the ownership of your brand. What I mean by that is people who actually feel that they're responsible for the growth of the brand and they're your ambassador in their local market. You know what I found in all the franchise operations that I've invested in? All the successful franchisees share the same attitude and similar traits with the guys or girls that started the business. They have resilience, street smarts, adaptability, and most importantly, they really know how to sell the product. And about splitting profits, the franchisors don't typically split the profits with the franchisee, but they take a royalty on their gross sales, otherwise known as off the top. Whatever profit is left over is the franchisees to keep for himself. Royalty rates vary widely from industry to industry, but they're typically somewhere in the range of 6 to 10%. So there you have it what you wanted to know about franchising. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Business Unusual is part of the iHeartRadio podcast network. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 